Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I had the privilege of chatting with Heather McFadden of the God-Centered Mom Podcast on the topic of, you guessed it, motherhood. Heather and I talk about all things mothering, from prioritizing time in the Word to gospel-centered encouragement for tired moms like me. This episode is truth-filled, rich, and I probably laughed a little too much. Here's a little more info about our guest. She's been married since the turn of the century, and she has four boys born exactly within six and a half years. Whoa. Heather hosts a weekly podcast, and her heart is for moms to know God's great delight over them and how he sees the unseen eternal work that they do every single day. I hope you guys enjoy our chat as much as I did. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, who you are, and what you do for listeners who may not have heard of you yet. I'm Heather McFadden, and I'm a mom to four boys, and I host a podcast every week. Yes, you do. And you do such a great job at it, too. I am amazed at the multitude of topics that you have. What a resource. I have like scrolled so many times looking at all the different shows and I'm like, this is gold. I I think about if I had if I just committed to doing one thing every week, eventually you'd have a lot of something. You have a lot. If people, uh, you know, book writing is intimidating. But if you wrote a page a week, eventually you'd have a lot. Or if you wrote, you know, a chapter a week, eventually you'd have a lot. So yes, absolutely. Well, we are going to talk about motherhood because I know you don't want to hear this, but it's like, yes, to have the God-centered mom come and talk about um, motherhood. I just told (laughs) our friend Meredith that listen, I'm like, the one thing I don't like about the title of my show is (laughs) the God-centered mom. Ah, It's a goal for me. It's um, a moment by moment choice. It's not an arrived title of, you know, holier than thou that y'all just need to catch up and get to me. I've, I've got it figured out over here. <laughs> Follow me. Hey, get in line. <laughs> no, no. Really and truly, you guys should go check out her podcast because it is a gem, a wealth of information. And I'm so excited to get to hear from you today on this particular topic. So I'd love just to hear from you. You know, motherhood is one of those things that I think traditionally has been thought about in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. you are a mom if you have biological kids or whatever. And I think that's broadening, but I'd love to hear from you if you have some kind of definition of motherhood. Just who are you talking about when we're talking about people who fall under the umbrella of mothers? As far as the role, and I think of all the different roles that people have the opportunity to play in a lifetime, motherhood feels unique and special in that it's the one role you get to intimately love another human soul Mm. and kind of a selfless service, tangible grace, moment-to-moment discipleship. If you've ever served in any ministry, this is the one ministry where they're seeing you in your worst place, in your best place, and you get to minister to them in their hardest moments and their best moments. It's, It's such an interweaving of lives, I think even beyond your spouse at times. Yeah. Uh, because they're part you. And, or, you know, through adoption, I think it's hard in, a, 
in a unique way too, yeah. because you get to see a perfect reflection of God's love and how we get grafted into the kingdom uh, because of Jesus. And I was thinking, you know, a couple things. One, when Jesus was on the cross and he looked down and he saw his mom mm. and he told his disciple that, that now she would be his mom and that now he would be the son. Like that even Jesus saw that the role of mother can be transferred to a person. It doesn't have to be this womb thing, a uh, biological thing, yeah. but it's a role that you get to play in a person's life. And honestly, I also think with motherhood, I mean, it's a two-way sanctification process. We're rubbing against each other yes. and we're both becoming more like Jesus in the process. And we're learning how to surrender our wills and be dependent on Jesus and be humble in the right ways and um, what actually grace might look like. But I think where we get messed, messed up sometimes is thinking that the child is ours and we need to make them into something mm -hmm. and forgetting that like that scripture in Jeremiah, before I was formed in the womb, God knew me. Yeah. So before I even was, a womb was chosen for me, he knew me. And then he knew the path I would take. And then he knew um, if I would choose him. And he He knows the things that I have ahead. And so to remember that each of our children are on their own journeys. So to over bubble wrap them and protect them from things or to think that we have to sign them up for all the things or they're going to miss out Yeah, um, is to sabotage that God actually has them on some journey. And, you know, the hurricane for children that had to go through the horrific process of being uprooted from their homes and their homes being destroyed. We do not want this for our children, but it's part of their story. Yeah. And we can't forget that God will use it if we allow him and if we shape it for who knows what. I mean, the most inspiring stories are oftentimes from people who've gone through really hard things. Yeah. And it motivates them to do amazing things. So having a really easy, perfect life isn't, even though that's what we think we want as moms, to protect them and keep everything nice and safe, we might be sabotaging a bigger goal God has for our kids. Yeah, totally. And I love, you know, you're talking about that biblical foundation for our design. And that's a mm -hmm. podcast that's coming out before this one on identity. So I would really encourage everyone to go back and listen to that podcast with Matt Lance on the topic of identity. And one of the things that I've heard, you know, as I'm talking about this topic is that we should train up a child. This is a proverb in the way he should go, but how the literal Hebrew there means in the way he was bent. And so as you're talking, I'm also thinking about the temptation, not just to protect them, but to try and make them into something. Yeah. Make them yeah. into whatever it is that we think that they should be. And let yet, as you're saying, God has an intention for them. What Ephesians 2.10, you know, he is created for good works that he's prepared for them beforehand. And so who are we, you know, to try and force them to do what we think would be best when God has a clear intent for them. So to kind of be shepherding them along, as you're mentioning, is such an honor. And yet it's such a temptation to try and control that. And it's tricky, too, when you get kids into school settings or Mother's Day out and you have other voices coming in and 
you get discouraged sometimes. I have all boys. That's a whole different world. Well, there's a cultural thing, right? So we have the culture of America versus the culture of India or the culture of China where boys are valued. Yeah. And baby girls are killed because of all of the structure of their culture. So there's that, that our culture doesn't value boys in the same way other cultures do. Then there's the just the time and history that we're in mm-hmm. where an agrarian society or like an agricultural time we would be like the richest family on the block. We have four yeah. boys that could do all the work and we'd send up for our boys to help you. We would have the neighborhood covered with workforce with our boys. Yeah. But now it's, nope, sit still, be quiet, be controlled, put this device in front of you so that you're not a trouble or a problem. It's not appreciating, like you said, that bent, that wiring, but conforming them to something that wasn't even maybe how God designed some men to be. Yeah. So one of my boys is a lot more testosterone driven, a lot more aggressive than the other ones. And his body is just kind of all over the place. And I remember vividly in kindergarten, a teacher just talking to me, he really needs to work on his self-control and da 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 I was just like, after she said it, all I could see in him was his lack of self-control. Oh. And I was just, I was just kept, you know, bringing it up. Well, can't yeah. control yourself. And oh my goodness, I can't believe you can't control yourself. Cause I was hearing her voice. I was feeling like, uh, I'm a bad person because yes. he's not doing what she's expecting. And I wasn't a good mom to work on self-control. And one of my morning quiet times I prayed and I said, God, I need help. How do I train him to have self-control? And God said, I made him to be impulsive. Mm. I made him to be a mighty warrior for me. I want when I call him to battle, when I call him to a hard place and something that not a lot of people want to run into because it looks hard or dangerous, I want him to do it without thinking. And I don't want him to be forced to be so self-controlled that he doesn't have that warrior spirit in him. And so I just had to take a step back and speak that over him. And when the next, you know, the next time I saw my son, I told him that he like puffed up his chest and felt sweetie. I mean, seeing in your kids, oftentimes their strength, just like all of our strengths, can have balconies and good parts, basements, and hard parts. And I think in the little years, we often see the hard parts of the strengths. Yeah, yeah. Leadership strengths look like that. It's very hard to lead leaders. And when you have a three-year-old who's a born leader, it's very <laughs> like, okay, you can tell me this is good that they're a leader, but it does not feel good right now. They're not doing what I want. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing what I want. And this is very hard. I'm supposed to be in charge. Yes. Yeah. I have one who's very futuristic in his thinking, and I'm very present tense. Yeah. And it's very hard for me, but we've learned to negotiate those conversations because he'll ask me what we're doing the next day or for the next meal. And I'm like, I'm just doing right now. <laughs> I'm just, this is my next goal right here. <laughs> and I'll explain it to him and he'll, you know, recognize that he's thinking about the future and I only think about right now. And we can talk about that and how we're each uniquely wired and gifted. It's so amazing to see that unfold. And we're at the very beginning you know, I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And so my one-year-old, her little personality is just coming out and my two-year-old is in full swing, but I still don't quite understand it. <laughs> I think it will continue to be an unfolding of understanding. Oh, over time. for sure. Right? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Our oldest, 
when I think back to what he was like at two and three, and I thought he was so wild and so crazy. He was not at all compared to what came after him. It's amazing how they're all so different, and you would expect them to be similar because they, ha- especially if they're biological, you would think that they would be, but they're all so different. I've come to learn that very painfully. <laughs> yeah, they could be the same gender and be very different. Well, I'd love to hear, can you kind of describe one of the things that I love to do on this show is just to tether the topic that we're talking about to the gospel. Do you have some kind of anchors for us just in the way in which motherhood relates to the good news of Jesus Christ? Well, I think every moment really is a gospel driven (laughs) moment with motherhood. Um, At least in this house it is. (laughs) Yeah. Whether a mom works outside the home or in the home or whatever she's doing, adopted, not, I just biological. Fostering. Fostering. You see (laughs) very quickly your child's sin nature and your sin nature. And I remember once I was at a mom's group and I mentioned that children are born with a sin nature. And I had one mom stand up and leave. Wow. She was so offended. And I know that it's very hard if you didn't come from that kind of teaching to imagine. Yeah. How could a child, are you kidding? No, they, there is a definite philosophy that they learn it from us that, that being Um, making wrong choices is what some people call sin, making wrong choices. I define for my own kids, sin is choosing my way over God's way Mm -hmm. and thinking about what I want over what God wants. Yeah, that's really good. And I, and I see that (laughs) and I saw that in my little kids all the time without them learning it from anybody or having seen it played out for anyone um, by anyone. So I see their sin very blatantly. And I see my own very blatantly how I want my way. (laughs) I want my peace and quiet. I want my control. I want my plan. I want my emotions, Uh, which are to freak out. I don't want calm, (laughs) peaceful emotions. Uh, I, I, I like to think my lies and not God's truth. I mean, so when I think of that and I hold in the tension of, so the gospel, the good news is that Jesus came, God made flesh, and he He took the penalty for all that. And it doesn't mean that we won't ever sin again. It mm-hmm. just means that when God sees me, he sees Jesus. And I have to remember, this, this really hit me when I was studying Romans recently, mm. is when it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I'm standing on the same side as my kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, We're all on one side. It's not like, why can't you get your act together? You better straighten up. I can't believe I keep telling you over and over again to stop hitting your brother. And and thinking, okay, but I also know that I've talked to God over and over again about my issue with anger. And I've also talked to God over and over again with my tendency to be unloving and unkind. So why can't I get my act together? And when I separate like their on one side uh-huh. and I'm on another who's all fixed and fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm accepting the gospel for me, but not presenting it to my kids. Yeah. And, um, it was really helpful. I think my boys were in a fight and I just, you know, had this awareness and I said, I get it. Y'all are fighting. Cause you, um, you know, God tells us we all sin. we're all in need of him. We all need help. We all want our way. And I'm so thankful 
that he sent Jesus. I'm so thankful that we we aren't able to get this, ourselves out of this mess. But all we need to do is trust Jesus to help us get out of this mess. And you can ask him right now. I don't want to be kind to my brother right now. I don't want to be sharing. I don't want to choose peace in this situation. You can say, Lord, help me to choose peace. Help me to love my brother when I don't want to love him. And they responded differently than my normal. Just stop it. Imagine. Well, I think it totally breeds intimacy. Like it it creates this intimate relationship with you as well because it's no longer this distant person who's just looking down but it's like an adversarial it's not adversarial it's like we're on the same side like you're there under the cross of christ together looking to jesus to extend his grace to you so that's totally one of my goals as a mom just because i want my kids to know that mommy needs the gospel too. Like mommy needs Jesus every moment of every day. And to put that on display for them in the way in which we're seeking Jesus in the really small moments, even when I'm just flailing as a mom, you know, even when they're not in trouble and it's me. And I just look to Hadley and I'm like, you know what? Mommy needs to sit here, sit down. And I need to ask Jesus for help because I am really struggling with my anger right now. Can Mm -hmm. you just sit here with me? Can we talk to God together? That's good. That's really good. What encouragement do we have as we're kind of pressing forward and making little disciples when we do have those moments where we respond poorly, you know, because everybody, myself included, has not extended the gospel of grace, you know, in every moment of parenting. So when we fail, which I can think of like a million examples from myself off the top of my head, what would you encourage us to do? Because, you know, we have to kind of get back up pretty quick as moms and move forward. I felt growing up, it was a very behavior driven performance. Yeah. Like I was told this is what God expected us to do, but it was to earn his love and to earn my parents love. And it wasn't because his love was already given to me. Yes. And so I can often fall into that trap uh, of get it together so that I like you. Yeah. <laughs> thing. So when I fail and do that, yes, I don't often remember my parents apologizing yeah. for that, mis- make a mistake. They, I may have known that that was a mistake, how they acted, and maybe they knew, but I don't remember it being a moment where they said, well, you just forgive me. That was... Yeah yucky and I should have handled that better and we all are going to make mistakes so can we can you just really trust that I don't want to treat you like that I don't Mm -hmm. I love you and there have been seasons where I felt like it was an hour Lee (laughs) asking for forgiveness to the point where I was like okay there's confession and there's repentance Mm -hmm. and I think if you're in a season where you're constantly confessing the same thing to your kids Mm -hmm. they will constantly forgive you but at some point, there might be um, a deeper issue that you need to work with God to repent, which means to turn 180 from what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and trust that, you know, our children, yes, they will give us all the grace and will forgive us if we ask. But their heart, it kind of hardens a little each time mm-hmm. to us and trusts a little less. And we... Um, um, we might have like uh, a director at our school called it a heart string between our heart and theirs. And it might've gotten cut in that scenario and we're retiring, retiring it, but we don't want to have to retire, retie it so many times in a day yeah. that it's getting worn um, because there's, you know, more issues that develop there. And so I've found 
you know, anger was a hot topic for me for most of my motherhood. And so our small group has been going through recovery and it's been super helpful to pinpoint my anger was fear-based fear of my kids getting hurt, fear of um, other people's opinions and um, man's approval, fear of rejection, all fear-based anger, fear of losing control. Um, So when God kind of pointed that out and, and through some prayer time too with friends, just really dealing with that spirit of fear that was on me. And as I could trace it all the way back to my childhood, early childhood, that fear had been kind of a common theme more than anger had. Yeah. I wasn't an angry little kid. I wasn't an angry teen, but I was a fearful child and I was a fearful high schooler and college student and even young married. Anyway, I would just encourage mom listening. We are going to fail and our kids will be so gracious to forgive us. But we can't take advantage of that to the point where we don't recognize a recurring sin in our life that God calls us to hire. He calls, he loves us no matter what, but he also, uh, you know, Paul again in Romans, because we're given grace doesn't mean we're free to just do whatever we want. Yeah. It's his love and, and what he did for us motivates us to follow in his steps. And, um, as I was looking at motherhood in the Bible, it's amazing how often God compares his relationship with Israel to a mom. Hmm. And so again, outside of, you know, how the child came about or outside of what the mom's doing for a job. uh, He talks about, you know, the nursing mother in Isaiah and how can she forget her nursing child and the compassion that she has. And he will not forget Israel and, in Isaiah 66, the mother comforts you, so shall you be comforted. So I'm seeing comfort. I'm seeing compassion. Oh. Um, and then in Proverbs, children, don't forsake your mother's teaching. So that makes me think, yeah, we have that role. We're teaching constantly. And we learn in Timothy, Second Timothy, about his faith coming from his mother and his grandmother. So we have this opportunity to be compassionate, comforting, teaching, faith-building women to whatever children God's placed in our lives, whatever souls he's handed us for that time. And if there's anything getting in the way of that compassion and comfort and teaching and faith building, that's where we need to spend some time with God and kind of and in community um, talk through why is that? What, what hurts am I holding on to from my past? Yeah. And what lies are circling in my head? that are causing my interactions with my kids to to be consistently whatever it is, anxious. Maybe, maybe it's consistent anxiety, consistent fear, consistent um, sadness, depression. What is, what is that? Yeah, this is so good. And we could and probably will have an entire podcast on that. But for someone who isn't familiar with this idea of kind of doing this self-introspection, yeah. How would you suggest they begin to take inventory of these actions that they're seeing themselves exude and how to get to those roots like you talked about? I, I've spoke on this once um, at a MOPS group, and I encourage moms to think about what's a predominant feeling they have yeah. to really think through. In a given day, you know, maybe journal one morning, what did I feel a majority of that day? And if you can't remember, think about it that day. Um, and then maybe journal out, what are some thoughts I had? Maybe three or three or four thoughts that you can remember having. Uh 
And then going to God and saying, where is this coming from? Uh, what happens in my day because I'm thinking this? So, for example, um, maybe you think a lot that you're missing out. You see something on Instagram or you hear another person got invited to something and you didn't. Total FOMO. All the FOMO <laughs> thoughts. I'm missing out, missing out. And the you know ramifications of that are jealousy or you could tear down what they're doing to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Manipulation to try and get there. Mm-hmm. All the things that could happen. So you write all those things down and you say, God, what is actually true? Like, will you just reveal through the power of your Holy Spirit? What is true? And for me, when I asked him that question, he said, if you're in the middle of my will, you are never missing out. Hmm. You're never missing out. Yes. You weren't supposed to be at that thing. You weren't supposed to be asked to speak at that event. You weren't supposed to write that, you know, article or book, whatever it is. You were supposed to do the thing. That, you, that I have directed you to do. And it's so freeing. And it might be that over the course of the next month, that thought, oh, I'm missing out, comes in your mind and you immediately take it captive with, nope, if I'm in the middle of God's will, I'm not missing out. Mm, yeah. So spending some time with God, doing an, an analysis of your feelings and your thoughts, and then what you do as a result, I think is a good place to start. I really loved this celebrate recovery or they recovery for life yeah Um, meredith has told me about that yeah it's been great it's a good program but not every church has it but how is there an international celebrate recovery is international and uh the book that we're using is actually a local gal that goes to our church um it's called steps into his grace or something like that by lynn hoffman Yes. We'll link to that in the show notes. You know, one of the things that you're touching on is just the lies that can bombard us as moms. I mean, you mentioned it when you were talking about your kindergarten classroom with your son. And then again, when you're just going throughout your day, experiencing FOMO, all these different things. I I totally subject myself to the lies of the enemy throughout the day and constantly find myself having to renew my mind with the truth. So could you just kind of offer some lies that we may be prone to as mothers? And then can we talk about the truths that we should hold on to to combat those lies? A few, maybe it was a year ago, I started on Tuesdays doing the Centering Truth Tuesday. You've got some rhythms, girl. We need to have you back on a rhythms podcast or something. Centering Truth Tuesday. <laughs> I'm loving it. So I would post something that God shared with me that was true and revealed like what was the lie that I was combating with the truth. And yeah, I would ask women, you know, what's a lie that you're dealing with? Now, mm-hmm. I realized women were reluctant to put it out there Yeah, publicly. So I kind of stopped asking. But I noticed a lot of them would say they're not enough. And a friend of mine, Brooke McLaughlin, she just wrote a book called Gospel-Centered Mom. Very similar to Ooh. God-Centered Mom. Uh, she I like the wrote title. That book. Yep. And <laughs> it's good. And she wanted to call it Not Enough, um, which I thought was great, too, because she's basically saying that feeling you have is because you aren't. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> you you aren't enough. Yes, because there's so is. much women's lit, especially in the Christian world, that points us back to, yes, you're enough. You're enough. You know, you've been created in God's image, all these different things. But the reality is, like you're saying, apart from Christ, we are not enough and never will be. And 
you know, I've really been studying a lot this whole body, how we're made up, the theology of the body kind of with Ooh. body, soul, spirit. And teach me, teach me. <laughs> I'm excited. We, we throw out all these words all the time, you know, yeah. flesh and spirit and soul. And oh, what yeah. are those body being in my mind and my definitions that I'm working through uh, my cellulite and my zits. And <laughs> I was going to say, hair. you know, we don't emphasize the body as much, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Flesh. We call it flesh. Yeah. Like the oh, yes, 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 flesh, yes. Like the battle between the flesh and the spirit. <laughs> but like our body is like the thing yeah. that, you know, I birthed my children from yes. like they came from my body and then we have the spirit and if you profess faith in jesus and believe in his resurrection and uh, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus is lord and you're saved right and jesus promised that in that moment the holy spirit dwells in you and there's a spot for that in in us the holy spirit dwelling in us and yeah. then there's this soul part this mushy middle part and um i found that in the hebrew there was a word for it Leb, L-E-B, or Leb, and it summarizes what psychologists would call, too, the soul, where it's your thoughts, your emotions, and your will are all housed in there. And this whole not enough thing, I think, goes back to that because when my soul is pulled towards my flesh, like if you picture concentric circles and the flesh being the outer circle and the spirit being the inner circle and the soul being the the mushy middle between the two, the when I'm pulled outward, outward towards the flesh, yeah, my thoughts are lies, my emotions are reactive, fear, anger, anxiety, my will is mine. I'm not thinking about other people's plans. I'm only mm-hmm. thinking about them. But when I am realizing I'm not enough and I need to rely on God and his spirit in me, we always say that. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. It means taking that time in his word taking a split second doesn't take long to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in you and to say, I need help right now. Yeah. I am choosing my way. I am struggling with anger and to pull that mushy middle towards the spirit and be lopsided towards the spirit. Then we see um, my will surrendered to God's, what his plan was for my kids, what his plan is for my day. My emotions can match what the Bible promises us the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, my will, emotions, <laughs> thoughts, truth. I can be filled with truth because the Holy Spirit can whisper it to me. Yeah. What is true? He has got direct connection with God. He's listening into all the conversations. So when I think the lie, I'm not enough. And if I spend time with God's word saying, you're not, but I gave you a helper. Uh-huh. I gave you the spirit in you. That would be the truth. I'd say I'm not, but God is. Holy Spirit, help me. And whatever it is, show me. Show me what you want me to know about you in this situation where I'm feeling not enough. Instead of feeling like you didn't make me right or oh, I just can't get it together. Um, all my friends get it together. Yeah. Show me actually what's true about yeah. you, God, in this situation instead of making it about uh, me Yes, not getting it together. Yep. So that would be one. Oh, well. man, that's a great example, too. And I mean, I think so often we feel like we're just bombarded by all these thoughts. And like you're saying, sometimes it just feels so daunting to take a second and to actually seek out 
the truth, like you're saying, but man, it will change the trajectory of the rest of your day. I'm telling you what, I have spent days ruminating on lies, you know? Yeah. And just to take that extra second, like you said, to consult the Holy Spirit can be, you can change the trajectory of your whole entire day. Today's episode of the Journey Women podcast is sponsored by Sleepy Cues. My friends Jen and Robin started Sleepy Cues after their families experienced their own challenging seasons with sleep. As they learned about healthy sleep rhythms, they started helping friends like me, which led them to actually start their business. Sleepy Cues seeks to help families understand their babies and to confidently respond to their needs. Y'all, I used Sleepy Cues when Davy was three months old, and Jen and Robin helped us overcome that dreaded three-month sleep regression. We recently endured another really difficult season with sleep, and the tools that I learned from my time using Sleepy Cues helped me navigate that without nearly as much stress. You can find out more about them at sleepycues.com or follow them on Instagram at sleepycues. And if you mention Journey Women, you'll get an extra day of real-time text messaging for free. Go get it, mamas. Now, back to the show. I remember when I was little kids little littles and mm-hmm. like I had to strap them all in <laughs> oh my a, word yeah it took a day and because you had like four and six and a half years right yeah they were all little and that's a lot of little when people. you have them that close to your oldest can probably do more than you realize but you're just so used to doing everything for everybody yeah that you kind of forget yes um and <laughs> you know it's like 100 degrees in texas and you're like we are literally gonna die it was before the cars that could start themselves if we don't get everybody in these car seats fast and they would of course one of them would be flipping out about oh, i don't want to get and they'd be arching their back and you're like yes. shoving it down trying to buckle them <laughs> and i in that moment as i shut the door would pray my little breath prayer like whatever name I have for God and whatever I need help that's a breath prayer like an in and an out Mm. breathe in the name of God breathe out what I need in that moment and I would say it as I went around the back of the car (laughs) to get to the driver's seat so that I could get in the car and be thinking about God and what he is wanting for me in this moment when instead I was just like this is too crazy why did I choose this life? And this has been my dream. I yeah, read that yeah. in your bio that, that six yeah. and a half years was your exact plan. Yeah, like this was my plan. That's a total <laughs> sarcastic. My plan was like some girls in there. That was my plan. I like ballet and tights and I like bows. You're welcome at our home anytime. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any of that in our house. Love it. One of the lies too I would say a lot is I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. just a, a lie of weakness. Like I'm just not able, not, not just the not enough, but like I can't push through and be a mom one more minute, Mm. one more day. I'm not going to be able to finish. And I think the practical thing to do for me in those moments is to recognize, even though I have high standards of how I want to raise my Mm -hmm. children and I don't want to put them in front of a TV and I don't want (laughs) to do all these things. I'm laughing because we've had too much screen time today, probably. (laughs) Well, but if you're in a place where you're about to lose it, your kids will remember less that they spent time in front of the TV than they will whatever meltdown and whatever you're about to lay down on them because you're totally spent. And I would say in that moment, put in front of a show maybe, but don't just like go and you veg out too. Yeah. I would suggest like headphones, worship music. Do what you need to do. Yeah. And even if it's to go outside, if you live in a place where it's nice outside and get out God's word. I mean, 
Yeah. We don't think to do that. We think to go to Instagram. We think to go to yeah. Facebook. And that's, you know, when I had little kids, I didn't have those options. Yeah. And I'm very curious what it would have been like for me. I've heard a lot of moms say they're really thankful. I am so thankful. I had so many years with my kids where I was fully engaged in, I wasn't distracted. Yeah. And I am so much more distracted as a mom now. Yeah. So much more. I, I feel sad. I feel sad for moms that, that have to do this battle all the time with the phone. But if you're to the end of yourself and do what you need to do so that you can go have a moment, but not a moment to have more time on your phone and or answer emails or mm-hmm. check those social media, but like be with God and sit with him. Oh, 100%. I mean, Brooks has been in the field for the past two weeks. And so I'm coming off of two weeks of, you know, solo parenting. We call that babysitting <laughs> for these two weeks. You don't have to keep, yeah. you don't have to care about how they turn out. That's whatever my husband would travel. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to babysit because the We're babysitter. We're going to go to Chick-fil-A multiple times. Yeah. The babysitter just keeps them alive and has fun. That's what a goal of a babysitter is. It, she yes. could care less how your kids turn out. The oh. pressure of worrying about how they're going to turn out that makes moms go crazy. Yeah. So if you just like take on the role of a babysitter when husbands travel, then you it's a lot more freeing. Totally. And you know, in the vein of what you were talking about, just getting into the word, I think when we develop and continue to develop our theology, our understanding of who God is, and just a high view of the sovereignty of God, then we begin to have so much more grace for ourselves as mothers because we realize, oh, we're actually not in control of their (laughs) outcome, no matter how much screen time they have. So, you know, and I'd love to just hear practically you're talking about in our crisis modes, having grace for ourselves, allowing ourselves to take those moments when we need them. But what are some other practical ways to just build in the habit of getting into the word as a mom? I was really lucky to be a part of a church where uh, mentors were highly valued. Mm -hmm. And so when I was in the rough seasons of three young kids, and even when I had my fourth, a lady had started a mom heart group inspired by Sally Clarkson. Uh, her, my friend Leslie Johnson started this group and she had four boys. It was meant to be. Yes. And she mentored me and some of her ideas I thought were really great. One is you just leave the Bible out. Yes. This leave is something I have learned on accident. Yeah. You're so right because it's always there when you pass by it. She also, when she would find a verse that really struck her, she had a separate journal for hmm. keeping track of just verses that were encouraging or lifted her up. So even if she maybe didn't have the energy to open her Bible and try to yeah. find something, she had this one journal that had encouraging scriptures in it ready. Man, I'm amazed she had time to write in the journal with the four boys. (laughs) Well, the key for me to have the time, even when I had babies that were waking up in the middle of the night, I started the Hello Mornings thing with my friend Kat Lee. I started doing that where I would wake up before my kids. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, it's like a game changer. It's like a habit. And Kat's really good at helping any woman start the habit and does not have to be this hour long Bible study. No, 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 no. Five minutes. Yeah. It can literally be 10 minutes. If you get one scripture in your head that you can meditate on for the day, it will change your day from what it would have been like if you just woke up and started reacting to your kids' needs. 
I, somebody worded it to me as waking up to greet your kids versus being greeted by them. It was totally true. I would just roll out of bed and be reacting oh, yeah. all day instead of like having a second. So then, and the other thing that, that I didn't realize was a byproduct of making this a priority in my day. I thought I was just benefiting with having warm coffee and quiet. Yeah. My kids wake up to finding me in that chair with my Bible in front of me. 100%. I keep saying that. But Hadley, now when she comes out of bed, she just got a big girl bed. And we're trying to implement the okay to wait clock, the little clock that turns green when it turns <laughs> 645. Yeah, it's not really working out because she comes downstairs and she's so adorable. And she goes, Mom, I want to do Bible study with you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, yes. whatever you want. You can have coffee too. <laughs> and you know what? Like I found, I think he was three or four, maybe three. He could find God in his little toddler bible like he could find the word god and he could find wow. the word jesus and so you just give him a colored pencil and you save every time you see god put a circle around Adorable. it and underline jesus and inductive. then he just went to town yeah inductive at a young age yeah, wow exactly. can't wait to see what the lord does with this guy that is yeah, amazing right? Right? that's awesome yeah, so i think that you know will come and go for the sleeping thing there was a time when I took the digital clock and I covered up the minute numbers with uh -huh. a piece of paper. Yeah. And I, so it just saw the first number, the six. Yeah. And then I put like a, a, a folded into a triangle piece of paper on top that said a seven. Yes. Like when <laughs> and I it said, looks when like that this. one matches that one, you can come out, but it doesn't yes. always. It doesn't always work, but it is a helpful goal <laughs> in this home anyways. A helpful goal. Or, yes. You know, high goals, low expectations. I will also <laughs> say that. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well, you know, I loved what you were saying about how your community kind of came around you. And I have a lot of military listeners. We're military a lot of girls that are just moving all around the country. And so sometimes finding a church body can be really difficult, especially mm -hmm. right around post. I would love just to hear from you how it is that we can serve one another in community, especially in the church for the tired mama. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because oftentimes when you're moving to a new place, you're the one that's having to put all the effort in Yeah, to put the community together and you're the one that's tired and oh my word, yes. it's discouraging. Creating the thing that you want, being the friend that you want is all the advice that I've heard. I know there was a season where I couldn't do the play dates. It was too stressful. Oh, I can only imagine with four <laughs> kids. And then you're like in the like season. So your other friends probably had like three or four kids and it's just total chaos. Well, it just felt like all of my friends' kids were easy <laughs> and <laughs> yes. mine weren't. And they would just tell me oh. all the time when my kids messed up oh. and it just reinforced. Anyway, my anxiety of... Yeah not wanting to mess up. And so I thought this isn't very fun for me to be in these scenarios. Yeah. So I'm just going to get together with girlfriends outside of kids. Mm. That's just what I'm going to do. And sometimes, you know, for the military mom, it might be too. Um, if there's an older woman in your church, mm -hmm. I don't know if posts have older women or not, but what I found is helpful in that so that you get some sort of relationships is to invite that older woman that you've noticed, you know, I really love how she mm -hmm. interacts with her husband. I'm loving how she is full of joy or I love whatever it is that you see in her that you want to learn about yourself. 
have her over for coffee because often, you know, it's harder for you to get out, but oh, they're yes. willing to come over. And that provides that community. Or even if she's willing to come over and, you know, you invite a couple gals, you know, from around and she leads. So you don't have the burden of leading, but you're willing to host something. Yeah. Uh, often that community just takes time mm-hmm. and our, our schedules are so full. We don't say yes to things as often. Yeah. Everyone's busy. Everyone's <laughs> filled up their calendars. So I do think it's really it is very hard to form that community. There was a season when we weren't in a small group. Uh, we helped lead a Sunday morning class, but it was kind of a lonely time because mm-hmm. we were pulled out from all of that. And then we just joined this new small group about a year ago. And it's amazing. Just regular weekly time together. You get to know one another. Yeah, life on life. You cannot beat it. And I cannot echo the older people embracing the crazy that is those of us who have little kids and just coming into our space for us. Like, please do that. That is just, that is such a grace because you're right. We have nap time and all these different things to navigate. And I'm just stressed out even thinking about trying to do that with four Heather. So (laughs) (laughs) oh, she would come over and like, I'd have soap in the microwave that we were doing some experiment (laughs) and she, and there was like soap flakes all over. And she, you know, it, she, that was great because she had four young boys and Oh, you know, I thought you just had her. soap in the microwave because you had gone beyond the level of crazy <laughs> that you accidentally messed your coffee with the soap. <laughs> no, you can put an ivory soap bar in the microwave and it like starts expanding Whoa. and turns into almost like snow. It's like a it's peep. Crazy. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but yeah, not as sticky. <laughs> All right, we'll have to try that. That's a good afternoon yeah. activity. Maybe Google or go on Pinterest. You'll see it. All right, we'll add that to the show mm-hmm. notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I felt overwhelmed by my motherly calling in moments, and I know my friends have too. And so I just love to hear what's your encouragement. Like, what do you tell yourself when you just feel like, man, I don't know if I could do another day of this. I vividly remember, I think I just, I was had one and I was pregnant with the second and my husband came home and I said, I'm done. And I walked out the back door to the garage and I'm standing in the garage and I realized I don't have any keys. I don't have any keys. And I'm mad. I just stormed out and I don't know what I'm going to do now. I just felt so embarrassed. And then I just had to sheepishly walk back in. He had his arms open and he gave me a hug. And um, and I remember one night, you know, I did the whole oh. guilt sermon thing. Oh, yeah. Which one? I mean, I've got like five in my back pocket. And so I was doing that thing where I'm just tearing down all the things I did that day and how what a yeah. terrible mom I am. And my husband looked at me and goes, does any mom think she's doing a good job? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. He's like, can't you just be easier on yourself? You know, there was even a season this last year where no matter how many kids you have, first of all, can we take that off the table? Because I, I honestly think it's overwhelming to be trying to get pregnant. It's overwhelming yeah. to be pregnant. It's overwhelming to have one. It's overwhelming to have one and be pregnant. It's overwhelming to adopt. It's over every part of yes. this whole 
human beings, taking care of human beings is overwhelming at any stage. And it's not like, oh, once they go off to college, it's all easy breezy. I mean, you still have stress and worry and there are these full adults out there that you just launch in the world and what decisions are they going to make? It's not like this is never going to be overwhelming. I think that we learn to slowly take things off our shoulders that were never intended. Like you said, we think Mm. that we need to do X, Y, and Z so they turn out. When we slowly realize, I'm not, I was never in control. I'm never going to be in control. I have no ability to turn you into something. And just like I can't take credit for the good you do, I can't take credit for the bad you do. Like Mm -hmm. you're... I mean, you're your own person. Yes, God calls us to train. Yes, God calls us to love and have compassion and comfort. But he, there were a lot of really great parents in the Bible whose kids didn't, quote unquote, turn out. There were a lot of great people like David who, quote unquote, their sin overtook them and they made wrong decisions Mm -hmm. and they repented. It's not like there's straight line, perfect people outside of Jesus in the Bible. Even Solomon, he set aside, not Solomon, sorry, Samson. We were just talking about Samson the other day. Angels come, say, set him aside. He's special. He's going to do great things. And he struggled over and over and over again and made wrong choices. Yeah. He ended up having his eyes gouged out, but he still fulfilled the purpose God had for him. Yeah. And we have to trust that no matter what journey our kids are on, um, it's God who has them. And have you ever heard of Kat Armstrong? Yes. Okay, so I interviewed her and we talked about motherhood identity, career and identity. Mm. And she made a really good distinction between calling and assignment, which I thought was really helpful. Calling is what all of us have been given to go into all the world and make disciples. Uh-huh. Assignment is where we're doing that. Yeah. So motherhood is an wow. assignment. It's one yeah, part specific of facet. whole story. Mm-hmm. There were seasons of our, our lives where we were speech language pathologists, and that was our assignment. There were seasons of my life where I was a university professor. There were seasons um, in the future that I don't even know yet. Being a podcaster, this is an assignment. And so we have to trust that when we think of it that way, and we pull back and we say, okay, my calling still is to make disciples of my children, and I will do that by me following Christ and inviting them to do the same. So if my eyes are towards Christ and I'm lifting my eyes to him, then my kids are going to watch what I do more than they do what I say. (laughs) So they're going to, they're going to watch what they're going to watch and do what I do more than they do what I tell them to do. Yeah. Um, So if my eyes are constantly on them and do it right, why aren't you doing it right? You've got to get this right. And that's overwhelming. It's not overwhelming to turn to Christ and say, um, help, help me get my relationship right with you. Yeah. And your children come alongside and follow you in that. And I think, you know, I don't know what overwhelms you on a day-to-day basis. I remember the constant needs and just the constant mm-hmm. pouring out. My personality likes to do something and have it be done. And not undone again. Mm-hmm. So the achiever side. You of got me. the J on the Myers Briggs. <laughs> no, I think I'm ENFP. No way. J is finished. You like to have tasks complete. Check the box. 
I don't make to-do lists, though. Okay. I'm not a to-do list person at all. I'm just reacting. But, like, I love crafts. Mm. I love crocheting. I love <laughs> yes. the fact that a podcast is done and it's not undone. Okay, I yes. don't love doing the dishes. I don't love doing the laundry. I don't do any of those things. I am a hot mess when it comes to those kind of tasks. So I'm not <laughs> a task person. But I like to have things be finished. And motherhood was yes. a lot of unfinished things. It totally is. Or finished and undone. Yeah, you just finished it and then it's undone again, like yeah. you said. You change a diaper, new to change a diaper. <laughs> over and over and over. It's like a constant having this. It's like Groundhog's Day over and over again. So I think that for me, that was where I felt overwhelmed. So I think for each mom, yeah, recognizing what what is overwhelming me right now. Mm-hmm. Is it a burden for how they're going to turn out? Okay, then I need to talk to God about what's the truth there. Is it this the daily weight of all the needs okay maybe i need a break maybe i need to make sure that i'm getting a night or i'm doing something for me i always had to have a something else yeah whether it was teaching in a university whether it was having a couple speech clients whether it was um, i helped with mops in the registration i needed a something else so that i wasn't putting all of my energy and time into thinking my kids were my product. That's one of the things I really wanted to ask you about because this is new for me, having a podcast and also being a mom. And I assume that it's something that's helping you recharge. So how do you prioritize these things on the side like you're talking about that just allow you to be a better mom? My husband's really good at encouraging me to do that. So it helps if you have a spouse who sees gifts in you and allows you space and time for those outlets. So like tonight I helped with putting boys to bed, but then I said, you know, I I need to go do this interview. And he's very encouraging of that. Or um, he's always, you know, telling other people how proud he is of me and making space for that. So I think having a support system is really Mm -hmm. helpful Um, in different seasons. You know, he just always did what he could to support giving me that recharge time. I have one friend, another mentor, she uh, homeschooled her three. uh, And then for her recharge, what she would do is on Friday nights when her husband came home from work, she'd have the pizza already and the movie picked out. She just left. Like the second he was in the door, she left. And she'd go to La Madeline or whatever and just sit there and she'd bring her Bible or her calendar and uh, whatever else she wanted to work on. But she knew always that Friday night was her recharge time. Mm. She had it on the calendar. Yes, to look, she forward, could look to. forward to. That's yeah. so important. And some introverts, that's what they need, just time alone. For me, friendships, time with women. So I'm I'm typically usually a part of some women's mm-hmm. Bible study or group to get that kind of outlet of friendship, social need met. Because, again, I don't love the other moms and kids thing together. So I need the, just the adult <laughs> conversation time. Because you don't really get a whole lot of adult conversation when you're doing a play date. Let's be real. Yeah, it's like start and stop all the time. Well, I love how you've mentioned just these different little resources along the way. And I will definitely be sure to list those in the show notes. But I'd love just to hear if you have three resources for motherhood, this could be anything from a book to obviously your podcast, which we'll link to in the show notes, or even an experience that you would suggest to moms. So I just chatted yesterday with Paul David Tripp. I'm going to have him on the show. That is so exciting. I saw that announcement on your Instagram. 
I would say his parenting book is probably one that I will now say is my top three resource. Awesome. I think that it could be read on repeat to get your heart in the right place so that you do let go mm-hmm. of those burdens that were never intended for you as a mom. I've heard it's very um, gospel centric. It's incredibly gospel centric. Like I was holding myself back from just completely repeating everything he said on your podcast <laughs> because it's that too. Um, and then another resource I, because exercise for me helps me mm-hmm. uh, so much mentally <laughs> to be in a healthier place and feel like I've given myself something. Um, I love the revelation wellness podcast. I do too. It- She's amazing in that podcast. The yes. Rev the Word um, episodes are a great little way. Even if you push a stroller and you listen yeah. to it. You can do any workout. You can lift weights. You can do intervals. You can do spin. You can do anything. Anything. And she talks you through it. And she has music. And she also then focuses in on a scripture. So your mind is meditating on truth while you're working out. It's all I good. I really like her. That's great. Um, and then I would say that Cat Lee... Uh, hello mornings if you don't have a habit again all my motherhood resources are really about you and god and (laughs) spending time in truth because how else can you mother (laughs) yeah i just i don't it's not about like you need this exact right discipline program or you need this exact you know x y and z there's no formula it's you and god talking about the kids he's handed you and what he wants you to do for that day because I mean, like you said, with the homeschooling, that's not logical. That does not make sense. Right. I mean, my dad passed away last year. I'm taking care of my mom. She's lived with us for a year. Why in the world would I choose to homeschool? I'm hosting this podcast, but it's been right. It's been good. It's been Mm. exactly what my kids need and what I need. And it's actually often a little bit easier than having them in school because I control the schedule. Anyway, so just having those things, those resources that connect you with God so that you hear from him is my recommendation. I think that's a great recommendation. And I'm excited because I don't know, I just am excited to hear what your three simple joys are because I have a feeling (laughs) we'll get to learn from those as well. So one of the questions I ask every guest is what are your three simple joys? And I'd love to hear yours. Right now it's watching old friends episodes with my husband. (laughs) Oh, we we were um, on vacation and that was like one of the only channels they had was old <laughs> friends episodes. That. And we were like, this is so funny. Why have we not been watching this? And just even going back to, they didn't have cell phones once again. Yes. They had relationship. And anyway, we've been doing that. The other thing I, I love with my husband uh, is to be take walks uh, oh. on Saturday mornings. Okay. And yes. once you, when you get kids old enough, or I guess you could strap yours in a stroller at this age, yeah. but um, mine are old enough that I can leave them at home and uh, we just get our coffees and we take off oh, and wow, sometimes it's like amazing. an hour now that my mom's here um, we just have the best conversations shoulder oh. to shoulder I don't know I feel like date nights can be kind of high pressure and yeah. I think uh, we actually have better conversations a good morning walk <laughs> yeah just making that a priority instead of going straight to screens or is one of my simple oh. joys so my third one is just girl time. Mm-hmm. I just really get excited. I went to a friend's house last night after after I was with Meredith at church. I then went to another friend's house and like I show up and she hands me a glass of wine and a piece of chocolate. Oh, Best. 
That's the best. Yes, that's all that's needed for hosting. Yeah, exactly. And I just said, you know, your home, your home just feels like a warm hug, and it does. I just feel very welcomed, and it feels good to to be seen and have a place, you know, where you're welcomed. That sounds really mm-hmm. dreamy. And I feel welcomed mm-hmm. by you in my closet right now. So it's kind of fun to host a podcast <laughs> and also feel welcomed and the the spirit of hospitality even miles apart. So thanks for oh, thanks for that. And before you go, I would just love to hear this is another question that I ask every guest because we're all ju- on this journey to glorify God. And we've all had people that have impacted us along the way. And I just love to hear from you who it is that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? Well, this will probably bring all the tears. Aww. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say my dad. Mm. Um, he was, he was very intentional in spending time in God's word. Mm. Um, he was very good at habits. Um, uh, I had remember high school friends kind of laughing when they went on vacation with us because my dad had this little trampoline and he would <laughs> jump on it like kind of jog on it cutie and i knew while he was jogging on it he was praying <sighs> but they didn't know and so they were like what is he doing out there I was like well, he's praying <laughs> and then when he would go to the bathroom every morning he had his bible there so i knew he'd have his time reading god's word <laughs> and uh, he always taught a bible study he always was teaching wow. others and um it was always to businessmen and women at like a restaurant he would rent out. And then, um, he was so good about taking me out. Um, we had donut dates every other week. He would take me or my brother and I had my little precious moments Bible. Oh yes. And I get to pick out the sprinkled donut and we'd sit down and we'd read a little section and, devotional and then he just asked me about life and we'd pray and I think it is not hard for me to believe in a God who unconditionally loves us and sees me and smiles and delights in me because I had a father who loved me like that and who delighted in me who danced with me in the kitchen um, and I, I grieve for the, the woman listening. I'm sad that she has, if she did not have that, because I know it's very hard to see mm-hmm. God like that when you did not have a man in your life yeah. who treated you with unconditional love and affection and joy. And so um, I think that's one of my passions is to help women find healing in their journey that they can trust Jesus, that they don't have to perform in a way to earn his love, but to just dance in and accept his acceptance and his abounding, abounding delight over Mm. them. Well, it's so cool, Heather, to get to see you from a distance, live on your dad's legacy. And I'm really, really grateful for the way in which you do that and the way in which you share that with people that don't like you don't even personally know like me. So thank you so much just for doing that. Even though I know it takes a lot of bravery and humility and sacrifice on your part. So I'm really, really grateful and I'm just so honored to have had you on the show today. I can always use the encouragement to look away from myself and look to Jesus in whatever assignment I'm facing, but especially the assignment of motherhood. I love this chat with Heather. You guys can find her noteworthy quotes, social media information, and the links to 
all the things we discuss in the show on hunterbulis.com in the show notes. Be sure to connect with us throughout the week on Instagram or Facebook at Journey Women Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If this is your very first episode, I am so glad you're here. But if you're a regular listener, I would just love it if you could hop over to iTunes if you haven't done so already and leave a review to help us get Journey Women into the hands of other women on their journeys to glorify God. Thank you guys so much for all of your support and encouragement. I really love journeying with y'all. Hope to see you guys here next Monday. Have a great week.